0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 of The Zone. We're joined now by Mike Smith, jazz studio analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Mike,
1: good morning. Good morning, guys. Nice, nice weather we're having.
0: Well, at least it's not snowing on our cars today. We've got to dig out after the show. So, you know, that's a positive. (laughs) True. Take that. Yeah. So the Utah Jazz are in Portland to play the Blazers, who are shorthanded. And when the Jazz go on the road, they seem like the T's get crossed, the I's get dotted, they do the little things, and they win. At home seems to be where the problems are happening. So do you have uh, many worries and concerns going into this game, especially with the Blazers missing six or seven guys?
1: No, I I mean, I don't other than you're on the road and, you know, it's just the inevitability of maybe not bringing your best, but it sure seems like they've been doing that. Seven road wins in a row and gosh, Portland has really struggled of late too, right? Even though they got off to that unbelievable start at home, I think they've lost seven of their last eight. And you mentioned the guys that are out. Uh, I don't think it's determined yet if any of those guys return back from health and safety protocol, meaning Nurkic or or Covington. Or uh, that's the biggest issue tonight for Portland. Is that even though Dame Lillard has started to play lights out of late, and like to the tune of thirty-five a game the last four, they just don't have any size. With Nurkic out, I think their biggest guy the other night was Larry Nance at six foot eight. And that's going to present a problem with Whiteside and Gobert roaming free. And uh, I think even Chauncey Billups is out, the coach. So you've got Scotty Brooks, who's taken the thunder to the NBA Finals, kind of acting as interim head coach. But, man, their size deficiency down low will really be an issue. Uh, Porzingis lit them up in their last ballgame for 34. So that would be like the biggest thing that you'd look at. And I'm really impressed with the way the Jazz play. You mentioned their road focus. It does seem like you know, that focus seems to heighten and gets better. And they've been delivering on the road, so let's see if they can keep it going.
2: Mitchell's out, obviously, the other night. And what we've seen guys do, particularly Angles, step up his game big time, scored 17 points as they get contributions. It seems like, oh, okay, they're certainly aware. Our leading scorer, our best offensive player is out. So I need to do, we need to do. And then they do it, and they have a you know fairly comfortable win. My, my thought for you, do you yeah. see a way going forward is uh, any way that they can get an increased performance from Ingles or whomever, even with Donovan there, that it doesn't take a starter out for other guys to contribute more. Get them to contribute more when all the players are there, because if they can do that, that would make your team that much better.
1: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, in a, in a, in a perfect world, right, you get those kind of contributions from everybody on a given night and for whatever reason. Joe has not been his best uh, this year. Coming off last year where I thought he was unbelievable, right? Average 12.1. It was consistent home and road. It was consistent wins and losses. He shot lights out. He nearly had a 50-40, 90-year shooting. Uh, His 844% from the foul and was his highest ever, but 45% from three was lights out. And so he's at 39% this year. He's at 43% from the field. That's down. For whatever reason, um, it's true. He hasn't been able to find that same groove when everybody's been intact, but he seems to rise to the occasion. So, like, they thrust him in the starting lineup. He makes four threes and comes up with 17 points, three rebounds, three assists. There's nothing you would say he doesn't do when there's a little bit more room to operate. And I think Quinn has him in the right place, right? he's got him coming off the bench and still plays that same role of playmaker but i just think guys are defending joe differently this year i think people are realizing defensively like look at the teams the jazz had trouble with like chicago early on and memphis got him at home and even even new orleans just on a you know they didn't have zion so they figured let's just get into the jazz and pick him up early and force different actions um well they did it the other night against against Bogey. They, they figured Bogey's the hottest shooter on the planet, which he really was. Right? He'd made fifty-three of his previous hundred and six going into last night's game. And so the Spurs just got into him and said, You're not gonna shoot any threes. And as it was, he only makes one. But he finishes with nineteen and he, he, he learns how to, you know, drive the basketball against pressure. They're into his face, they're guarding him closer closely they're they're over closing out and so all of a sudden he decides to go to the hoop and and does a really like i thought nice job made six of nine two pointers and i think the same is true of joe they're they're realizing okay this guy's 34 and he's super clever the two things we can't let him do is turn the corner left and have an open shot and so guys are laying on his left hand. They're not letting him turn that corner left as much as he'd like. When he does, we know it's either that slow mode layup or a beautiful little bounce pass to Rudy. And then, of course, if you give him time, he's going to knock down shots. So uh, I don't know, PK, if it's so much the lineup and you know not enough basketballs for like the scores the Jazz have. I think it's more to do with the way people are trying to play the jazz, right? The the script was set a year ago in the playoffs. If you can throw a curveball at the jazz, maybe they won't react as well with what the Clippers did in the, the second round of the playoffs. So we've seen a variety of those type of defenses. You've seen little zones thrown at them. You've seen traps and certainly different schemes to say, take away a bogey three or take away a Joe drive. But, In the end, you know, the Jazz are 24-9 because they got great depth and a really good scheme.
0: Mike Smith joining us, Jazz Studio uh, analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. I, I do think there is something with Joe just playing more. Donovan's getting 20 shots a night. Uh, Which, you know, the way he scores, everybody gets that. But when he's out, there's just so many more opportunities. This is only the third time this year Joe's played 30 minutes. It's only the third time this year he's taken 10 shots in a game. If there was anything to cure, it's there's so many nights where he only gets four, five, or six shots. He only makes one. And I haven't charted it, but I assume David Locke has, and I'm sure Quinn has. (laughs) Or if Quinn's got people who do it, but, you know, does Joe – what does Joe shoot on his first three or four shots in the game versus what does he shoot when he's taken his seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth shot and he's really into a game, so – Uh, Maybe there's a little something to that. I I do like what you said about bogey, and I didn't think he was the only one. I thought the Jazz were really focused on getting to the hoop and getting shots inside of five feet. And some were dunks in traffic. Some were uncontested layups and dunks. Some were you know Jordan Clarkson pump faking off two feet and getting a three-point play. But there were just a lot of shots around the hoop, and I'm thinking they're just going to double down on that tonight against Portland, aren't they?
1: Yeah, probably. And it, it, I think it's all predicated on how a team defends them, right? When you, you get these teams that are into them and, you know, overclosing out, which is really a jazz defensive scheme, right? When you have a Rudy Gobert and a white side underneath, you can overclose out. You can, you know, by that I mean really run at three-point shooters and run them off the spots. And, I mean, the jazz only allow 11-3, so, which is this unbelievable unbelievable dichotomy between how many they make and how many they give up. Right. They start every game like a plus four and a half from the three point line. So that's like, you know, 15 points almost. So they're great at that. And I think you're right, DJ, because I mean, they're number one in the league in two point shooting. So not just three point makes and, you know, not top five and three point percentage, they're number two overall, speaking of the Jazz, in overall field goal percentage, but they're number one in two-point shooting. And, of course, if you combine free throws, threes and twos, they're number one again. So you could argue they're the best shooting team in the league collectively. And, uh, yeah, teams are trying to stop them and say, hey, this is their calling card. We've got to get them to drive. I think they were 30 of 50 gosh, maybe 55 on two-pointers against San Antonio. That's just, that's awesome. If you're shooting 55 to 60% on your twos, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. And listen, I think not to be overlooked in their offensive schemes is the calming presence of a Mike Conley. Uh, I just looked up, I think he has 36 assists and six turnovers in the last, you know, call it eight games. Six to one, you know, would lead the league in any season, not just, you know, not just right now. So Mike is just having a fantastic year at age 34.
2: I also think having a fantastic year is Whiteside. And the thing about it, I didn't know what to expect from him, and I have been pleasantly surprised. Are you surprised?
1: I am. I am. You're talking about a guy who's, you know, bounced around, right? Uh, uh, Anytime you see a guy who's played on a lot of teams and, and in his words, he would say he got COVID, you know, last year and and never really was able to be what he wanted to be in Sacramento. He had that one terrific, amazing year in Miami when he emerged on the scene. And of course uh, from there has, you know, it was Sacramento first Miami Portland sack again before he comes to the jazz. But, I'm totally surprised. And you take his per 36 numbers, guys. So that's like, he only plays 16, 17 minutes a game. But, you know, you multiply it to a 36-minute game, he averages like 18, 16, and three and a half blocks. So production is his middle name right now. He comes in. And it's, it's, the Jazz are tough to game plan for. It's why they're a great regular season team. Right? They defend. They have shot blockers. Now they have two when Rudy's out. So the schemes don't change at all when he comes out. Last year, they did change a little bit. And, you know, of course, they shoot and they got this great offense and multiple weapons and all that. It's tough. In the regular season, speaking, you know, from a player's perspective, when you're, you know, every other day getting a new scouting report to read and, you know, okay, here's what you do tonight, but here's not what you do, you know. Tonight, Portland's got to be saying, okay, Dallas has no shot-blocking presence, so go attack the rim. Now, the next night, Scotty Brooks and, and uh, you know, Chauncey Billups, by way of how he's going to communicate during this time, you know, what are they telling them? You know, hey, the Jazz are going to run you off the line, and even though we don't shoot a lot of pull-up twos, uh, maybe you better think about it. I go back, guys, to the game that Portland played in Utah, and they held Lillard to like one three ball and four for twelve overall. Eleven points has to be Lillard's worst game of the season. I counted at least six times Lillard got by his guy, got into the lane, and didn't shoot it. Like he was there and thinking runner, floater, layup, which Lillard gets three, four layups a game. And he didn't even attempt them. He's, like, kind of dribbling through there like Steve Nash. Like, keep my dribble alive. Let me circle around again see what else comes up. Because Rudy discourages a lot of those plays.
0: Mike Smith joining us right now, Jazz studio analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, the Jazz are now 12-2 and in the last 14 games. But there have been some wins over lower-level teams that have been close – and there were two losses, which I think Jazz fans think they could win. Although I don't know that you should order up fourteen-game win streaks routinely and take them for granted. So do you look more and think, "Hey, they won a twelve out of fourteen. They're in a pretty good stretch right here," or do you think, "Yeah, they won twelve out of fourteen, but they clearly have stuff to fix and are not playing their best basketball?"
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of the Quinn mentality, right? Like I, uh, I, I would demand perfection and. I would I would take the winning games and show them film and video of what went right and what went wrong in the winning games. And I, I like to teach from a perspective of positive, like, okay, hey, here's what we did wrong. But, you know, we, we got it. Like, it's easy to pinpoint what went wrong in, like, the New Orleans and Memphis losses at the buzzer. They were poor shots at the end. There were turnovers at the end. And I think they thought those games were going to win. But even, even like a San Antonio game that they lost at home. So you're right, 12 out of 14. I think they've won 15 out of 19. So the four losses are all at home, right? The Memphis and New Orleans buzzer beaters and then San Antonio clipped them recently. And I think Washington got them at home. The same Washington team they beat by thirty in Washington the week before. In each of those four games, the one common denominator is they gave life to the opponent. like so these, these are all opponents who either came in struggling and you know just weren't playing great. Memphis then, when they quit the jazz, were not the Memphis that right now has won what twelve out of sixteen games and you know just beat Phoenix and Phoenix. It wasn't that team. and the jazz had them and had big leads and the same. They had seventeen point lead on San Antonio. But they gave them life. In other words, you could look at a San Antonio game where the Spurs outscored them 41-23 in the third, and you were like, gosh, you just came out of the locker room complacent. But what I saw in that game was a 36-point first quarter from San Antonio. You know, a team that doesn't score like that, and, you know, they score 105 a game, but all of a sudden, boom, you know, even though the Jazz led 37-36, it was like you gave them life, you gave them hope. So more than anything... You could pinpoint all the little turnovers and things, mistakes down the stretch. That I think they're starting to rectify, and they've been much better in close games, whether it's a good opponent or a bad opponent. Um, But there, there have been those moments when you just give somebody a little bit of hope, and especially your sub 500 teams, you never want to do that. You want to get them down early and stay on them. And easier said than done, right? It's a long season. And you're going to have lulls and moments where your focus is not great. I'll tell you what, guys, the next, what, 18 games, 12 on the road, this month of January will define them. They're going to play Phoenix twice, Golden State twice, Denver twice, Memphis, the Lakers. This is going to be a great stretch, not only a great stretch for us, to call the games. By the way, Buller and I on the call tonight which will be a blast working with him. But this month is going to be just a blast to see how they react to this kind of competition and two-thirds of the game's on the road.
2: i got to thank you for getting a lemma to say the name that I asked you to say of this uh, singer from Hawaii.
1: <laughs> I thought you forgot. Brada, Brada Israel?
2: No, I didn't forget. Why did I forget, man? We talked about oh, we it. Didn't,
1: that, that it's, a... been, it's been a couple weeks since we
2: talked. So but, was,
0: Mike, I, right, Mike, right. we not only didn't forget, I recorded the game and sent the audio to Jake so that when you came back on, he could play it again. You got it? Jake almost has it. He's searching for it in a file and he just pounded the table because now he can't find it. Have you got it? Because because you prompted him just right and Lemma just he sees the moment. And it won't load and now Jake is so frustrated with technology. He is so irritated. You got it, Jake? Here's the moment.
1: Yay com slash does not make your favorite educator right now. They can $1,000 tickets to a future jazz game. This is Izumi for me. You've had so much. No, but you make the Hawaiian reference, right? Yeah. To your upbringing. Yes. yes. And I'm thinking of how the jazz offense is rolling, that they're shooting from outside as velvety and smooth. Mm-hmm. Who's this guy, Bretta Is? Breta Is? Yeah. How do you pronounce his Israel last name? That guy.
0: <laughs> there it is! <laughs> You walked him right up there, and he took it.
1: <laughs> I, had to, I had to tell him afterwards because he was like, where did you come up with a brother, his reference. And I go, oh my, my, all my vacations in Hawaii as a kid, you know, going to the little lounge in Waikiki, he's like, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was good. It was good.
2: And he says it in a manner that only he could say it, not us white guys. Oh,
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, but, just,
2: yeah. you can't even you get, get his his Kamaka, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kamaka <Vivoole>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's so impressive. It, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> All
0: right, right, we'll have fun tonight on the call. Now, do you do the pre and the post when you do the game? Is it three straight hours of you? Because that's a half an hour yeah. on either end of a two, two-and-a-half-hour game.
1: Yeah, you say that. You say that like that's going to be an unfortunate thing for the listeners. But
0: no, I was um, thinking more about how much the problem is. <laughs> here's what happens behind the scenes: you talk that much, your mouth gets dry. You got to drink water, or you're really going to seize up. But if you drink too much water, you're going to have to take the headset off and leave Bowler for three minutes while you go to the bathroom. You've got all yeah. kinds of dilemmas out there if you're going to talk for three and a half straight hours.
1: Definite, definite occupational hazard, and I don't. Yes. The the short answer is yes. I'm I'm on with a limo before the game. Then I'll run over to the other side and, and do the game with Bowler. And then I think I'll run back after the game and do the post game with uh, with A Train, as I like to call them. But uh, you guys know, you guys sit there for a long time. I don't know how close your bathroom is to where you guys are, but close. Uh, <laughs> as a broadcaster, you it, it becomes like a skill. You like to develop an ability to hold things for long periods of time. I I I don't know what it is, but when I sit down, I don't think about that. And so maybe I'm lucky.
0: Metal toughness. That's the key, Mike. Metal toughness.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, Mike, hey, we appreciate uh, the time. Thanks for coming on.
1: You got it. Uh, I say victory number eight in a row on the road, so we'll see. All right, it's
0: Portland tonight. 8 o'clock is the tip time tonight. Pregame show will start at 7.30 on TV. Jazz game night, the pregame show, will start at 7 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. They'll tip it off at 8, and the Blazers are shorthanded. No Nurkic tonight. It'll be a, uh, it'll be a smaller team, and there are another half dozen guys who are expected to be out tonight. So the Blazers are are going to be uh, shorthanded with a lot of guys in the COVID protocol. Uh, Nurkic is the big name, but uh, Cody Zeller, Robert Covington, Trendon Watford, Dennis Smith Jr., Ben McLemore, Kelgin Blevins. It's a long list. And, and their coach, Chauncey Billups, as well. All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, everything you missed in today's show will get you up to speed. All the stuff Matt Brown, Ohio State grad and publisher of Extra Points, covering college football and co- college athletics. All the stuff Matt had to say about the Rose Bowl. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.